starting in three, two, one. Hi guys, it is Maddie and welcome to Brace Face. Today I am with my friend and my peer, Natalie Copeland. You want to say hi? Hello everyone. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous, but this is very fun so far, so I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, um, so Natalie is another student and she's also doing an advocacy project for the same class I'm in. So do you want to kind of explain what your advocacy project's about? For sure. So I chose uh, my topic as the prevention of human trafficking and kind of like advocating for victims of human trafficking. And so I'm super involved in that. And so over the summer I went to the Governor's Scholars Program. And while I was there... Um, our Attorney General, Andy Bashir for Kentucky, he came and talked to us. It was about a week after he announced that he was going to be running for governor. And so he was talking about um, some of the platforms that he has um, right now as Attorney General and like what he would advocate for basically on if on that scale if he became governor. And this isn't to like endorse him or anything. Like it's not really political. It's more so about how he talked about um, his office of it's the, I forget the name. It's the Office of Child Abuse and Human Trafficking Prevention, I think. Um, and so he was just kind of talking about how the office that that branch of his um, office talks. They deal with. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering a lot. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to find the words. But um, he talked about the how prevalent it actually is here in Kentucky, which I had no idea. And so once he started explaining that more I was really fascinated and I literally went back to my dorm room and started like <laughs> researching it then I was like I have to do this for my advocacy project and so um that's kind of how I got involved with it and so the first thing I did was sign up to get a training on how to recognize signs of it and so that was also through his office and so yeah that was pretty much how I got interested in it I but. feel like uh like the end of 2018 and then now like coming into 2019 things like human trafficking and like sex um what is it sexual abuse yeah sexual yeah. abuse that those kind of things are really coming into light like yeah everywhere and it's I think it's kind of twofold because you look at it and it's like it's a good thing that they're being well it's a bad thing that there's like it's, happening, it's happening so yeah. much but it's a good thing that people are bring, being brought to justice for it um, like you hear stuff about the Super Bowl and it was like before the Super Bowl yeah. even happened there were like I don't even remember the number of arrests but it was outrageous but and it's it is sad that it's happening so and it's so prevalent but it's a good thing that it's being more noticed right now and coming to light which you know that's kind of like what I'm like trying to do so working towards that so it's a good thing from like basis of the school you've done a lot yeah like almost everybody like knows what it is and not knows like exactly what mm -hmm. you're doing but they know of it and they're like starting to think like oh I didn't realize this was a problem and now just because like now you're doing so much that's like in everyone's face yeah like okay <laughs> well I like I think that was like one of the main things I really wanted to do was make it a not so taboo topic because it is something that like it needs to be talked about but yeah. it's something that like not a lot of people are aware like I had never even heard of it until I was at GSP and I, it just opened my eyes to it and I started doing all this research and even here in Kentucky because and that's like another misconception that people have is like it's just sex trafficking and it's not it's labor trafficking also and that's why it's so prevalent here because of our horse industry and so there's people who are working for like not even close to being a living wage and that's 
part that's all part of human trafficking and so it is really fascinating once you like learn about it and then like you almost you can't really sit back and not want to do anything you know so that's kind of like why I've been doing like all the awareness days that we have here and everything like wear blue day and everybody wear dresses with me what you're doing it's not like too big like people don't have to work that hard it's like really simple things Mm -hmm. it's like like, they just have to wear blue or you have to wear a dress yeah and it's something like so simple that everyone's kind of proud like when we take that picture and we're like oh we did this yeah like everybody wants to be in the group picture so that's kind (laughs) of like an incentive and it's like it's also raising awareness because um you know, and, like, even the day I, I wasn't here, I had the flu, but yeah. the day where you wore the X on your hand, and then it was, like, ask me why I have an X on my hand, yeah. and so... I had, like, five or six people ask me, why do I have the X on my hand? Yeah. And I was, like... It's so um, cool, because it's, like, it really starts a conversation, but it's something so simple, because you can't just go up to somebody and be, like, you know, I'm an advocate for human trafficking prevention. Yeah, like, that that's be, weird. Like, if you just go up to someone and you're, like, hey, do you know what this is about? Like, they'll think it's creepy. I was going to say, um... Why I think it matters is because uh, you're getting this topic. You, like like you said, you didn't want to make it a taboo to- topic. Mm-hmm. And the best way to honestly do that is to just keep showing it in, like, yeah. in people's face. Exactly. Not just so like they get what like what the message is, what the message is, but also so you can be like, oh yeah, you need to. It's not something that's bad or anything to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And like I think a lot of that. Like, um, for anyone who doesn't know, probably nobody knows, I'll, I'll go ahead and explain it, yeah. the Dressember campaign that I did. And so Dressember is this nonprofit organization that I kind of, like, did a campaign with um, where you pledge to wear a dress every day in December as a way to, like, raise awareness for victims of human trafficking. Um, and I think the backstory of it is so cool because their CEO, she was, like, a fashion. Like, she did, she majored in fashion. She wasn't anything where it was, like, she did social work and then like she got she involved in this. Yeah. And so she kind of just like, she took what she would like, she knew and what she liked and aligned it with something that she was passionate about. And so I think that's really cool because everyone's like, why a dress? Like, why are you wearing a dress every day? Like, what is that doing? But it asks, it like starts a lot of questions. And so I wore the little pins that said, ask me about my dress as a way to like, you yeah. know, bring it up. And so I think that, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> um, oh, it was, um, I would, post because I made an Instagram for just my advocacy project and so I would post about like the fundraising that I was doing because there was a fundraising page and people could donate and it goes towards these 12 organizations that Dress Embers partnered with and they're helping like rescue missions they're doing like aftercare and it's all sorts of stuff like that and so people could donate and in the beginning nobody from school really donated like I don't think anybody really knew exactly what it was but by the time that we'd started doing all these awareness days then we had like I literally um by the end of December I had only raised about like maybe 300 something dollars but by the end of January we'd raised 710 and a majority of that came from what are you doing? <laughs> I totally remember that I told you I was going to give you $8, and I never think I did. Yeah, you did. I yeah, did? You did. You gave me a 10, and then I paid oh, you back. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I paid you back in quarters. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I paid you back in quarters, remember, because yeah. I owed you $2. Yeah, I remember, because I was about to go upstairs, and I saw you on the stairs. You were like, here, you two quarters left. Yep. <laughs> okay. That was, that was it. But, yeah, so it was really cool to see people get involved, because we did um, – one just like a random Thursday we picked I was like everybody wear a dress with me and then after that everyone was so much more involved because they kind of 
knew like what they were getting involved in and then january 11th is national human trafficking awareness day and so you're supposed to wear blue for that because that's the color and so we took a group picture for that and so by the time uh at the end of january we'd raised like over 300 dollars in like a month which was so cool and i was really happy about that because they had something on their website where it was like if you raise 300 dollars in january you get something free from our website (laughs) so i was like let's raise this money so now i'm getting a dress number sweatshirt that i paid zero dollars for that's it's always a good thing like when free you do stuff a good is thing my and then you get free stuff from it, it always feels good. Yes, because it was like, it's not like I'm asking, I know I was harassing people. I was like, please give me money for this. But it's like, it's such a good cause. It was yeah. like, I'm not keeping it. I'm not pocketing any of this. I promise I'm giving it to December. But it was, it made me really happy to be able to, my, my fundraising goal was $500 and we raised over two hundred dollars more than that yeah so, so you raised like seven seven ten yeah seven ten which okay. was super cool yeah. and so that i'm really proud of that and so next year i'm super excited i think i'm going to take it a step farther and wear the same dress every day yeah. because a lot of people say that they don't do it because like that's the number one thing it's like i don't have enough dresses and it's <laughs> like well watch me i'm gonna wear the same dress every day and i'll show <laughs> you that you can do it so hopefully yeah. you can get more people involved that way so yeah i'm very excited <laughs> Um, was I feel like, like, not saying that, like, everything else you did isn't as important, but I feel mm-hmm. like the dress thing specifically does. Yeah. Like, it's really important just because that's one thing, like, that makes people, when they think about, like, people in these situations or stuff, or if they hear, like, something like, they were taken, like, while wearing this, 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 mm-hmm. a lot of people want to first go, well, it's their fault because they were wearing yeah. that. Yeah, what were they wearing? Yep, <laughs> exactly. And I think that was another thing, too, is um, another aspect of it was, like, it was December, and it was cold. Yeah. And then I, I would be complaining about it, and then, like, I think maybe, like, a weekend, I just had this, like, realization where I was, like, I'm cold, but there are people, there's 40 million people in slavery today. Yeah. Like, my cold moment for, like, the 30 <laughs> seconds between getting out of my car and walking into school is nothing compared to, like people who are in situations like this and so and like, that was because so, sometimes they're not getting like it's not like they're treating you well so it's not like they're getting like for sure yeah new clothes and stuff yeah. to wear they're just exactly and that's uh, that was like my biggest reflection or my biggest takeaway I guess that you could say from that is like my minor inconvenience is like it pales in comparison to like what these yeah. people are going through and so I think that's another thing when like when I, people have said I would do it but it's it's so cold and it's like yeah, it is cold, and, like, I understand where you're coming from, but it's, like, so much bigger than that, you yeah. know? it may, It's, like, a global impact. Like, Dressember has raised, I think it's over, like, five million, so maybe seven million dollars oh, wow. in, the in like, maybe eight years, which is, like, a ton of money, because it's, like, it's not very well known. Yeah. So, it's just, I'm so excited for it. I hope it, I hope it gets bigger every, every year, so. I feel like it will, like, especially after this year with, like, what was happening with the... Who was it? It was, like, the owner of the Seahawks, that thing. Mm -hmm. And then with, like, what was happening with R. Kelly. I feel like a lot of people aren't just going to know about it, but they're going to want to get involved. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's something where... If it's popping up on your Google, like, I know me, I get, I look at the, all the pictures and I want to see what it's about. And so if you see mm-hmm. a picture of, like, your favorite football team, the owner of that, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, this dude is not very good. Like, what you know? Uh, you probably don't know about this because I, like, <laughs> I'm, like, 
into like Korean culture. So a lot mm -hmm. of things that like pop up on my feed and stuff sometimes are related to Korean culture or whatever's happening yeah, in Korea. Yeah, for sure. And like in the last week or so, there were a bunch of K-pop idols that have been brought in because of of a sex. They were assault. involved in it, or yeah, a sex insult thing. Oh. Apparently, like I don't know. It said something about like a group chat or something, hmm. and they were passing around a video of a woman, and it was just oh, so okay. bad. And again, it had to do with like these stars that have been around for like five to ten years, so yeah. everyone knew them. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones is from a band called Big Bang. I won't say his name, mm -hmm. but he. Um, but when they caught him. He went into, like, he went to the police station, and then when he got out, he told the reporters, I'm sorry if I hurt anyone, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And then he would, like, he said he was not going to be, um, he wasn't going to be doing music anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I hadn't even heard about that. I, yeah. I am I trying to like, become more aware about, like, global situations, you know? So. Because I feel like, not I feel like it's less of a problem here, but I feel like it's, like the problem is growing here mm -hmm. but where we're at in america it's been like that in other countries for a really really long yeah. time yeah yeah we just don't know because it's something that people are trying to cover up mm -hmm. and there's so many different types of it too so like something happening you might not automatically connect it to be human trafficking but it i mean it is like yeah. um i don't know i can't even really think of an example off the top of my head but i oh so i read this book about and it was a fictional book but it was like based on true stories mm -hmm. and um it was this girl who lived in nepal and her her mom her dad had like died and she'd remarried and her stepdad um he didn't really take care of them like any money he got he would like spend it on himself he wouldn't really use it to provide for the family and so um they were expecting to have really good crops that year and then there was like monsoons like every day like none of the crops yeah. um were doing like how they anticipated it would and so they ended up selling this girl into um or th they told her they went to the store and um they'd heard stories about how you can send your daughters to work and then they'll ship the money back home and mm -hmm. she ended up getting shipped into a brothel and um she was just yeah it was it was terrible and they never sent any money back home and that's just oh. if it sounds too good to be true then it probably yeah. is and so that and then um the book ends with them like liberating her which was good but and that's another thing that um especially people in the community always talk about like you shouldn't really say that you're rescuing someone because that kind of like perpetuates the like hierarchy of um Oh, what would you call it? Like, a, you're an authority figure. You're doing this for them. And so um, they actually, uh, this company, or not a company, a nonprofit that I follow asked on their, you know, the Instagram questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it said, um, what's another way you could say um, rescuing without making, without, like, patronizing? And they they put my response on there. So I thought that was pretty what cool. Is it's, um, like, you collaborate with them to work, to find, like, effective solutions. And that's something they taught oh, yeah. me at the... Um, I won't say the name of it, but the... So it's not like you're going in, it's like, you don't say, oh, I rescued this person. It's like, yeah. no, I... Like, we're working with them. We worked with them so that yeah. they could get to a better place. Yeah, for sure, okay. and that's what I learned, um, kind of to segue to that, the training that I did with the... Should I say the name? I'm not going to say the name. Okay. <laughs> the, the Sexual Assault Domestic Violence Crisis Shelter that I work with, um, that was one of the first things they taught us when we were doing our trainings there, 
was that you're not um you're not in a position of power like that's their whole contract is like we don't we wouldn't treat you like this so you won't be nasty to us we won't be nasty to you we'll collaborate and find solutions to work together and that's what they tell clients when they're doing intakes and so it's really interesting because that shifts the whole narrative Wait, you know and I also feel I feel like that like just that way of thinking of like I'm not in not so much I'm not in charge of you but like I don't have any I'm not more powerful than you mm -hmm. is very important especially when you're you're working with people who've been in that like kind of exactly. situation where they felt powerless yeah and I feel like that like that's something you might see in movies where like these people get saved but then they go to the government and the government's telling them like oh you have to stay here you can't do anything yeah all this stuff and like and it's supposed to be okay because they're saying it's for your safety mm -hmm. and that's why a lot of people like yeah they're just like no because like if you've been in a situation where you are made to feel inferior you don't want to be you want something that's empowering you don't want to come in and just it not it obviously is not on the same scale as like yeah. I'm telling you what to do but it's it is um something I think that's really important is like you're on the same playing field like we are equal people I'm not yeah. above you you're not above me we're working together and we're trying to help you yeah. you know that kind of thing and so I think that's and a then, really like, kind of also important that also gives them the thing like if you want my help Mm -hmm. then you can take it. But if you don't want my help and you want to do something mm -hmm. else, then you have all the power to For do For sure, that. yeah. Which I also feel like is another thing people try to... Like, there are people who want to help, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to help other people other than forcing their ideas on them. Yeah. And it just, like, makes things more difficult mm -hmm. in the end because they're not really thinking about how like the best way to help the person is they're just thinking about this way's worked before yeah so it's going to work again yeah and it makes things difficult and that's like also kind of something else they taught us um in training was like there's three I can't remember them off the top of my head <laughs> and like I know my friend that works there is going to be listening so um but one of them I know for sure is trauma-informed care and so you go into any like meetings with people that you're working with um with the mindset that like they've been through trauma and it's more of like a you're mindful of people's backgrounds you're very inclusive in mm -hmm. like the types of treatment and that sort of thing and so I think it's really important to you know be mindful like go into any situation assuming that someone's been through trauma so that yeah. way you you're careful to not like say something that could be insensitive you yeah. know like making jokes about sexual assault not funny because any like what is it one in three women yeah one I in think that's one in five saying. I think one in five is like on a college campus oh, will be yeah. will be like sexually assaulted and I think it might be I think it's one in three or one in four I can't remember exactly will be assaulted yeah. in their lifetime and it's like that's if there's four people in the room one of them could have been assaulted yeah, so, you, so don't you don't make wanna... jokes about that and I don't get off my soapbox, but that's something that, like, really frustrates me is, and I think it's becoming, it's going, slowly phasing out with the Me Too movement and everything, mm -hmm. but it is something that, like, in the past few years has, we've definitely seen improvement, but, like, it still is not yeah, like, great. the problem's not over. Yeah. There's still more to do. For sure. There's always and more work to be done. Not bringing it back, but, like, just what you said about that story mm -hmm. reminded me of something I heard in... I think it's in the Philippines. It's really common for, like, poor families to sell off their daughter's virginity for money and stuff yep. like that. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't like because it's the mother's choice. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that human trafficking, mm -hmm. or would that be like just um, something under? I think that it's okay. So to break it down, let me see if I can remember this because the way you can remember the definition of human trafficking that most people like universally agree on is mm -hmm. you break it down into the act, the means plus the purpose equals human trafficking. Okay. And so the act would be like the harboring or recruitment of people mm -hmm. um, but through the use and the, the means would be through the use of force, fraud, and or, and or coercion. And then the, the <laughs> let me think, I can't remember. Um, the purpose. So the purpose yeah. would be for exploitation. And so I think that what you're talking about, like, auctioning off virginity essentially yeah. is like that would definitely be exploitation sexual exploitation um and so i think it could be associated with human tra human trafficking but it might not be like the first thing that you think of yeah but it that's another like misconception is that a lot of the times people assume that the trafficker is a man and the victim is a woman you know yeah. or a girl and that's not always the case like a lot of the times my stomach is growling. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um, uh, there was a book that, another book that I read, um, and it is called Pimpology. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> do you remember that from, yeah. okay, so from the training where it's written by an actual pimp, which is another name for trafficker, and he talks about how, can I cuss? Because it's a, yeah, you can okay, so um, the bottom bitch is the person that um, they'll like, promote you I guess like you you if you demonstrate good behavior then the trafficker will promote you from like someone who's doing all the work to someone who's more of like a manager type okay. I guess and so a lot of women are involved in it through that just to avoid um that themselves just to avoid being the victim again yeah. you know and so that's another misconception is that women are like hugely involved in this but it's 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 another like double-edged sword because it's like they're doing this to avoid it themselves but they're also committing yeah. very wrong acts through that so it's and it's something like it's something that uh, like as you talk about it you can tell it's like ingrained in the system mm -hmm. so these women think i can't do this yeah like this is the only way to get out of it and then like along with the philippines thing i think because i feel like that's something like people don't think about it just because they're like oh it's something that usually happens Oh, yeah. So, and it's a part of their culture, so, like, you can't really change that. Yeah, and that's, like, the mindset of a lot of people, especially, like, Western people, mm -hmm. you know, um, they, or Western cultures, I guess I should say, is that it's like, oh, well, that doesn't happen here, so, and then it just, so like, we don't have to worry it goes about in it. one ear and out the other, but, like, it happens everywhere. Yeah. And that's, it happens it's in super some prevalent. Way, some form, you just, like, need to be able to. Mm hmm and like it it's just, and it's so underreported that it's not really um something that we think about a lot but based on the reports that have been turned in there which are super inaccurate because it goes so like under the radar i guess yeah. um and a lot of the times law enforcement will mistake it for like the women the women that are the victims will get arrested for prostitution yeah and it's like <laughs> well that's like, not that's helping not that's and so some i think there are some states and the U.S., I'm not for sure which ones, but they're passing laws so that prostitution is, um, there's more, or there's fewer regulations on it so that the women can't be arrested for hum or for prostitution, but, like, they'll be able to explain themselves more 
And, um, and they'll be able to figure out if it's human trafficking mm-hmm. or if it's just prostitution. Yeah, and yeah. I'd, I'd read about that a few months ago, but, um, and it's something where, um, I learned this in the training that we did, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's literally the second most, um, it's the fastest growing criminal industry oh. in the world. Um, it's the fastest growing, but it's second in, I don't really know how to describe it, it's second in, um, how much money it's made. Oh, okay. So, like, the first criminal industry, profit. yeah, would okay. be the the drug trade. Yeah. And then second, it was um, the gun trade and then human trafficking. But human trafficking is growing so fast that it's, it's surpassed the gun trade within the last, like, couple of years. Yeah. And that's how quick... And it's concerning. It's, like, a billion... Like, billions of dollars each year. Oh, that's... It's terrifying. Like, when you think about it, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Because, like, I had no idea, but that, like, that fact has, like, been stuck with me ever since I heard that, like, way back in August. Yeah. And it's... It's horrifying that that's what's happening, but it's just a reality. Like, you can't do anything about it unless you know, you yeah. know? And that's what we're doing here, so you guys can know yeah. <laughs> and be on it. Um, so, we have to actually wrap up. All right. Because it's time to go. Do you want to, like... Put any of like your Instagram things so oh, they can yeah, follow sure. you or anything. Yes, so um, I do have a Twitter for my advocacy account, but I don't use that as much as Instagram, just because it's easier to do Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but my Twitter is Natalie at Natalie Advocacy, and the N and the A are uppercase. I don't know if that matters on Twitter. Maybe, um, maybe I don't they know. They might be. Able to. It's okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and then my Instagram is at Natalie dot Advocacy. And, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, Yep. Okay, so that's going to be all for today. Bye. All right, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.